everyone! Welcome to episode 76 of The Music Room. In this episode, I'm very excited to interview Miss Jenkins from The Chromatic Music Teacher. You are probably following her on Instagram if you're active on Instagram or TikTok. And if you're not following her yet, I bet you will want to after listening to this show. A little bit about Miss Jenkins before we begin. Miss Jenkins is an elementary music teacher who is best known for her TikToks where she uses boomwhackers to play popular songs. She is in her second year of teaching and absolutely loves elementary music. When she's not teaching or making TikToks, you can find her giving piano lessons, acting in community theater productions, spending time with her family and boyfriend, and traveling, especially to go ride roller coasters. I know that you will enjoy this show. Here it is. So I am so excited to be talking to Miss Jenkins from the Chromatic Music Teacher. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. All right. So I would first love to just start with having you tell us about yourself and your music educator journey. Yes. So music has always been a part of my life. You know, since a very young age, I started playing piano when I was six and I played piano at church. I joined band when I was in sixth grade. It was always a part of my life, but I had never considered it actually becoming my career. I had actually wanted to be first a fashion designer when I was in elementary school. And then I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Wow. And I know it's really very different than what I'm doing now, but that all changed my sophomore year of high school. I was drum major of my high school's marching band and I went to a pretty small high school. I had uh, around 70 people in my graduating class, seventh through 12th grade in the marching band. But that year we had about 40 people in the band and I absolutely fell in love with conducting and getting to teach. My band director gave me a lot of autonomy and getting to lead rehearsals, which as a 15 year old, I don't know like how good of an idea that was, but I, I I loved it and I loved getting to teach. And so that was when I started seriously considering going into music education. And so I talked to my band director a lot about it. And then his wife was actually the the elementary music teacher for the district. And so talked to both of them and they were really big mentor figures for me. And I still wasn't completely decided until really until right before I started undergrad. And it's like, okay, I do want to be a music educator. And specifically, I wanted to be a band director because marching band, you know, it's, it's a mm-hmm. huge part of your life. I loved it. Mm-hmm. being drum major especially. And then I still wanted to be a band director all the way through college. But then I did my student teaching in the spring of 2020. And fortunately, I'm very grateful for this. My elementary portion was first. So I finished my elementary portion one week before the world shut down. I got to have a completely normal elementary experience mm-hmm. and I absolutely fell in love with it. I, I didn't ever expect that you know, because I always wanted to do band and I just loved how much fun you can have in that age group. And mm-hmm. so then when I graduated and was applying for jobs, I did apply for, for everything. I applied for band, I applied for choir, and I ended up teaching elementary. And now I can't imagine being anywhere else. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually had a somewhat similar experience where I went into college thinking, yes, I want to be a band director, but I did end up deciding a little bit before my student teaching that I wanted to do elementary, but what was your instrument in marching band? Saxophone. Okay, cool. I was a player. (laughs) Loved marching band too. All right. So, and so interesting that your student teaching was in spring of 2020. So we'll get to like COVID in a minute, just how that has impacted your teaching. And maybe this next question will kind of touch upon that. But what has been your biggest struggle as a new music teacher? 
it, it is COVID. Really. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think especially, so my first year I was hired mid-year, I was hired in November of 2020 at the current job where I am and my first and only teaching job. And when we started, we were completely virtual for the first few months that I was there. In January, we switched to a hybrid schedule where half of the kids would come Monday and Tuesday and the other half would come on Thursday and Friday. But we always had music class on like, say, Mrs. Jones's class always had music class on Tuesdays. So if this student was a Thursday, Friday student, I never saw them. So it's really interesting teaching. And I didn't do concurrent live teaching in person and online. There there would be an online assignment and then there would be an in-person assignment, but that, that was just really strange. And then in March of last year was when we went back to fully in person with Wednesday as, as a virtual day, which I, I really like that stuff actually, but I was teaching on a cart. So that was really difficult in a lot of ways, just, you know, not getting to have my own space and going in and, you know, wanting to have my own kind of classroom rules and procedures, Mm -hmm. but also wanting to respect the rules of the teacher whose classroom I was in. So that was a really tricky balance because every teacher is going to be slightly different. And sometimes the teachers would stay in their rooms with me and be, you know, working on things, grading papers or whatever. But then the, the kids would want to defer to their, their regular teacher as the authority instead of me. And just being the younger and experienced teacher, that was a big challenge. And just the limitations of what you can do while you're on a cart. Right. Obviously a ton of limitations with that. So it was a struggle, but the kids were awesome and we were still able to still able to learn and still able to have a good time. This year I do get to be in my classroom. And so mm-hmm. even with restrictions like masks and no no recorders yet, you know, we're not doing any kind of hand holding dances yet, things like that. It's still been much, much better than last year to able to do so yeah. much more, have have my own procedures and mm-hmm. you know, have more instruments that I can have with me instead of ones only ones I could fit on the cart, things like that. Yeah. I think a lot of people listening can relate to those frustrations. And I can't even imagine, like, I just think back to my first year teaching, which was in, this will date me, but in 1999 (laughs) and just how difficult it was just being a first year teacher. But then on top of that, to have all of those restrictions and COVID and all of that. So kudos to you for rising above it and being successful with it. What do you feel like as a new music teacher has been your biggest success? I think I've been able to form really good relationships with my students. One thing that has always been important to me is knowing people's names. When I was in college, I remember I was in the marching band and we had around 250 people and I was a freshman, you know, still getting to know people. And I remember that our head drum major knew my name and I I had never spoken to her, but she knew my name. I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And that was something I eventually became a drum major in college too. And that was something I tried to do, like learn every band member's name. And that's something in my teaching that I've tried to do. I have around 325 students. So I know some people have have a lot more than that. Some people have a thousand or so. And but you know, just trying really hard to to learn their names, use their names. In the mornings, I help get students out of their cars and greet them, which I really like starting the morning that way. It's really early and it's sometimes cold, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really like getting to start the day that way. And I've been able to see just personal growth in my students. One thing that's been really special this year, I've had several students who have gotten involved in community theater with me. So we have done some shows together. I had one student who played the leading role in a musical this past December. It was his first show he'd ever done, but just the absolute pride I felt as, as a teacher getting to see a student 
thriving in that way and finding something new that he loves. And I, I had another student who was the the understudy for that student and watching him being 10 years old, stepping in as an understudy and knowing his stuff. And I was just insanely proud of, of both of them and all of my students who were, were in that show. And then I've seen students who have started taking private lessons on instruments, just things like that, seeing students pursue music on their own and really fall in love with it the way that I have, that is what I feel like has been the most fulfilling and most successful thing to me. Yeah, that's so exciting when you see kids fall in love with music as much as Mm -hmm. you love it. Awesome. So I know there are so many great activities for the music room, for the elementary music room, but if you had to choose your three favorite activities for your elementary music lessons, what would you say? Of course, I have to have boomwhackers in there. Right. <laughs> um, I really love the musication channel on YouTube has some really, really great boomwhacker play-alongs. Uh, my students absolutely love them. Any kind of play-along like that, they love. They were with COVID and everything, and then the, the transition of teachers, they're a little bit behind in just music reading right now. So we're, we're getting there. But the play-along videos are really great because we're not quite to that level with reading notation yet. But I love those. I love any kind of a folk dance, a line dance, a little limited on that still with COVID right. restrictions and, you know, modifying dances that, you know, you'd have hand-holding, but making it right. have hand-holding. I love that. Dances in different ways. I really love Fred Willis's rhythm stick line dance. It's Franklin or Fred? I'm oh, I think it is Franklin. Yeah. Franklin. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, know it's, I know it's F. Willis. Yeah, uh, he has fabulous resources. So the rhythm stick line dance, they absolutely love that. And that's one that is really good to do with COVID still. Oh, okay. I'll have to check that out. Yes. And something else that my students have really loved lately is four corners games. Mm-hmm. So I, I had heard at a presentation, just like do four corners games. They love it. So we'll do a four corners game where they'll listen to a rhythm and then they will have to look at the four rhythms and decide which one is the correct one. And they, they go crazy for it. And so those are a couple of things that I really fun things I like to, to plug in. That That's so funny that you mentioned that because I just did four corners a few weeks ago with Kingsland, like usually mm-hmm. with the song Kingsland, I have students, they're like marching across the land and then they all run away mm-hmm. from each other. It's not a good socially distanced game. Yeah. <laughs> so I had someone in my Facebook group had mentioned to do like a four corners version of it. So I tried that and it was really successful. And that was the first time I'd ever played four corners. Like I never played that as mm-hmm. a kid. I was like, oh, this is really fun. And then um, I don't know if you know the store, Cilio Music on TPT, but she has a bunch of four corners games. Okay. So I bought the So Me game and I tried it with my first graders this past week. And oh my goodness, it was like such a huge hit that I went ahead and bought the whole bundle. <laughs> like the kids really like, they really latch onto that. And anytime you mm-hmm. can, you know, improve musical understanding through a fun game. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So you also talked about your using the musication videos, which I've heard really good things about. What are, since you do so much with boom markers, what are some <laughs> other favorite ways to use boom markers? Those, those are the main ways we have used them so far. But another thing that I did this year, so we weren't able to do any kind of an in-person holiday program in December. So we were still doing virtual. And so what I did with my fifth graders, we did an arrangement that I found. I think I got it from Sheet Music Plus, but it was of Carol of the Bells and it was for handbells and boomwhackers. And again, where we're not quite at the point of being able to read live, especially something with where the timing is so important. Mm-hmm. What I did, I went in and recorded each student playing one handbell and one boomwhacker in front of a green screen. And okay. it was this this huge editing process. I think it took about 15 hours and I was working on it on Christmas Eve. 
<laughs> I, I had a musical the week before. So I, ha- I basically had to do all my program video editing the week of Christmas, which was interesting. Uh-huh. Um, but I put that together and, and it turned out it was, it was really cool. I wanted to do something special for the fifth graders where they weren't just singing, you know, doing something yeah. that was a little different. So we've done that with the Boomwhackers and Musication. And I'm excited to get them to the point where we can do more of a, a live playing with them. And then whenever we are able to have in-person programs again, I definitely want that to be part of the programs. Yeah. That's so cool that you were able to use your awesome video editing skills <laughs> in that way with your students too. Mm-hmm. So that's a great segue into the next question, which is about TikTok because your videos on TikTok are just so entertaining, so much fun. Um, you. How, how, you're, you're welcome. How did you get your start on TikTok? So I knew when I started teaching, I wanted to have a teacher Instagram and I wanted to have a teacher TikTok separate from my personal stuff. And so I actually, I was substitute teaching before I got my teaching job currently. So I'd started the Instagram a little bit before, but I didn't start the TikTok until I actually was hired. And so I did my first TikTok, my very first day on the job, but I didn't post very much between November of 2020 and then February of 2021, I probably posted three or four videos. So it was was very little. And then last spring was really when I started posting some more, I would do just, you know, some of the trends or different music teacher things. And I think by the end of April, I had around 5,000 followers and I'd put the boomwhackers up on the wall behind me. I got a lot of questions about them. Like, what are those? And so I just decided, I remember one day I was staying after school for a while because my younger sister was having her college graduation party that evening and I needed some time to kill. It's like, okay, I'll make some TikToks. And I played happy birthday on the boomwhackers. And it was very, very crude, I guess, compared Mm -hmm. to how the editing is now. I was standing in different places and I was editing it in TikTok, which Right. Nearly as much control (laughs) edit in TikTok. But I posted it that evening and I woke up the next day and it had 100,000 views. I was like, okay, this is, that was my first video that had ever really gone viral. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, going to do this some more. And so throughout May was when I really started kind of picking up with followers and doing more boomwhacker videos, seeing requests from people and things like that. And so that's how it's continued. And then you know, I've added doing some different instruments. I've been doing sound bellows now. Yeah, I saw that. That's so fun. super fun. And I love that they, they match the boomwhackers. Mm-hmm. And again, still following with the trends. And then people have, I go with a lot of what people request. Mm-hmm. And so things like, can you drop this certain chord? They loved that. And then uh-huh. trying to put the boomwhackers back on the wall, blindfolded, you know, just different things yeah. like that that I would have never... <laughs> expected and then right. taping all the boomwhackers together. That was what I did to celebrate 2 million followers. So I was out there and trying to like get it up in a tree. It was really interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> going out. It, it's Yeah. So it, it was something I'd never, I never expected to see like this kind of success, but that's, what's really fun about TikTok is you don't have to, you know, already be famous and it, it's really easy to, if people like your stuff, it's easy to, to grow really organically. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And just out of curiosity, because I watch your videos and I'm like, oh my goodness, that is so cool. But how long does it take you to edit a video? 
So it depends on a lot of factors. Basically uh-huh. what I do, just kind of the, the behind the scenes, starting out doing a Boomwhacker video, I will record playing each pitch and then for uh-huh. the, the lowest octave of Boomwhackers, I do it with the Octavator cap on too. And so recording all of the pitches and having some space in between, that takes about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that send it onto my computer. I edit with Final Cut Pro on my MacBook. Mm -hmm. And so then I have to go in and I have to look at the sound waves to see where the the strike is happening of the boom whacker. I put a marker on it and then I have to label it by what pitch it is. So it's like, this is C with the Octavator cap on. Okay. So label all the pitches. That takes probably around 45 minutes to do it really, really well and be really precise. Okay. Uh, And that's what it makes it. If I spend that time initially, it makes things a lot easier. So then editing, it depends if it's just a melody line. And if it's only 10 to 15 seconds, I can probably whip that up in 15 minutes or so. Okay. If, if there's a baseline, it gets more complex. Every voice makes it more complicated, right. of course. But I do, I copy and paste as much as I can because most songs are going to have a degree of repetition. And initially when I started making the videos, I would have a metronome that I would sync up the clips with. But what I've been doing lately, I will have, okay, a 16th note at this tempo is this long. So then I can go and make them all that long. And then if I need an eighth note, I just double the 16th note. and Okay make the length a little bit longer. And I've, I found that that editing process has been a little bit easier and a little bit more precise. So that's what I've been doing. So I guess just an example, I posted one today. People really like when I post the music from five nights at Freddy's, which I don't play personally, but it (laughs) has really good music. And Uh so I posted one with a boomwhacker bass line and then with a sound bellow melody. And I, I know how long this one took because I screen recorded it. So it took 30 minutes and it was probably about a 17 second long clip with a bass line and with a melody line. Okay. That's actually better than I would think. Yes. And especially when I first started, I would record for each particular song that I was going to do instead of just having the whole repertoire, I guess, of the notes that I could pull Mm -hmm. from. And I would play each note multiple times. Like if if I had an A five times in the song, I would play the A five times. And then it didn't take too long to realize there's a better way to do this. So everything has gotten a lot more efficient and streamlined as I have gone on. That's awesome. It kind of reminds me of editing for, I don't know if you've ever edited, like, well, what you're talking about with Carol of the Bells kind of sounds like a virtual choir performance where you're putting together Mm -hmm. all these pieces and trying to make it Mm -hmm. sound good. So that's great. All right. So what are your favorite resources for music teachers, whether they be print resources, online resources, whatever? Uh, So teachers by teachers, of course, you know, sometimes you just really need an activity or a game to go with the topic and you don't have time to create it or know that someone else has already done it. So I do, I go to teachers pay teachers a good bit because there's, there's a lot of great stuff on there. And I, I love music play online having lots of the games on there, especially I use them a lot over summer camp at my school and I got to teach music for that. And my students really enjoyed the games on there. So I have Quaver. So I love Quaver and the the videos and the games, especially on there, my students really, really love. They ask for one of the Halloween songs all the time, uh-huh. <laughs> no matter no matter what time of the year it is. So I, I pull a lot from there. And one place that I've gotten a lot of ideas is Facebook groups. I don't remember the exact names of them, but it's, you know, something along the lines of elementary music educators. I'm a member of a few and I see lots of wonderful ideas on there and also just ideas from Instagram and TikTok. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a huge 
resource of wealth and people just sharing so much of what they're doing and being able to be like, oh, this might work for me. And I think there's a lot of beauty in being able to try things and and see like, this works for me or this doesn't work for me. And especially being such a new teacher, I am not set in my ways at all yet. So I'm still figuring out what works for me. And I'm glad to have so many resources available at my fingertips. For sure. Yeah. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when I first started teaching, there weren't blogs, there was no Facebook, Mm -hmm. there's no Instagram. People weren't talking about ideas on blogs, Pinterest, like there's none of that. So I think it's really great that, you know, now when teachers start, they at least have that and are able to share ideas and Mm -hmm. gather ideas that way. Awesome. Was there anything else that you would like to share with us? Not that I can think of right now. You show up. So thank you so much. Can you tell us where we can find you? TikTok, Instagram, whatever you want to mention. So TikTok and Instagram, my username is the Chromatic Music Teacher on both. Twitter, I'm Chromatic Teach. The Chromatic Music Teacher was too long for Twitter. And then YouTube, if you also search the Chromatic Music Teacher, I'm on there. And then I'm also on an app called Clash that's kind of like TikTok. I think it came from the remnants of Vine, but I'm I'm on there and my name is Miss Jenkins on there. So I'm always some combination of Miss Jenkins or Chromatic Music Teacher on all my channels. Okay. And I've never heard of Clash. So is that just Mm C-L-A-S-H? Okay. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to ask my 17 year old if she knows about it. She probably does. (laughs) Awesome. Well, would you like to talk about what we're consuming? Yes. So I am in the middle of two books right now, which is actually kind of low for, I'm normally in, in the midst of a bunch, but only two right now. So I'm reading one called Circus of Wonders by Elizabeth McNeil. And it's part of a subscription box that I get that's called Once Upon a Book Club box that I really like. So you read the book and it's always a book that's come out within the past few months. And when you get to certain pages, there'll be a sticky note that says, open your gift. And it's something that is in the book. Uh-huh. that you get as a gift. And so it's really cool, brings the story to life. And I've gotten some really cool things from that. So I'm reading that. And then I also really love both the movie and the musical of Legally Blonde. So I am reading uh, the book of Legally Blonde by Amanda Brown right now. And then podcast wise, I usually actually listen to more podcasts than I do listen to music on my commute. I have about a 35 minute commute. Uh-huh. So my favorite podcast is Rhett and Link's Ear Biscuits. I've always been a fan of of Rhett and Link and Good Mythical Morning. And it's just very conversational. And I, it's just, I like starting the morning that way. And I also have been listening to a podcast called Musicals with Cheese. So it's just, it's a really informal look at, at a lot of musicals and it's really entertaining. And so, yeah, that's been what I have been consuming lately. That's awesome. Those are all new things to me. I've actually never seen the Legally Blonde movie and I didn't even know there was a book. (laughs) Um, And that subscription box sounds so cool. Yes, I'm a big fan of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So I have been listening to an artist that my 17-year-old Jenna loves because she's going to see her in concert this week. Have you ever heard of Dodie? like D-O-D-I-E, not to be confused with Dido, who I also really like, and they're both British singers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Dodie, I think she got her start on YouTube and got really big on YouTube, I guess, uh, a few years ago. And Jenna, my oldest, has been following her ever since. And she's been wanting to see her in concert, but like she's never come to Columbus. So Mm -hmm. we're really excited that um, she's coming. So she's going with a friend this week to see Dodie. So the other day we were in the car, I was actually, we were driving some place together and um and I was like we should listen to Dodie because you have that concert coming up and I really like 
her music just as much as, or almost as much as Jenna does. So that's been <laughs> really like calming kind of music, just really yeah. low key acoustic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I know my listeners will really enjoy hearing about your activities and ideas for the music room, your experiences, and make sure to check Miss Jenkins out on TikTok because it's super entertaining and fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview as much as I enjoyed having the interview. In my next podcast episode, I will be discussing how to plan for the last quarter of the year in your music room. If you haven't subscribed yet to the music room, make sure you do that so that next time I release an episode, you are notified. Have a great day.